This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Sure, Wednesday is the middle of the work week. Not exactly a reason to celebrate, but around here, we have got a reason. At NASCAR America, it's Wednesday. Well, no hesitation there. Yeah, it's straight out of the guy. It's great when our drivers show that we're a big, giant group of unique, complex individuals. I mean, anything with sugar in it is always my favorite. <laughs> Morby Longa. I'll go with hockey player. It's an oak oh. table. Tukarask. Tukarask? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that that's furniture. Mm -mm. Really? Tuka Rask, goalie, Boston Bruins. Oh, because I know that. Boston, oh, that is full yeah. 18 years ago, you went to Texas, drove yeah. away with your first Cup Series win. We're in the same race. He's got all afternoon to hang out with us in victory lane. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be great. He comes in the window and he's like, uh, good job. Proud of you. Uh, you're going to have to ride home with the team. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. I'm going to get out of here. Welcome to Wednesdays with Dale Jr. here around the Big Oak Table at NBC Sports in Charlotte. I'm Rick Allen alongside Dale Jarrett, Jeff Burton, of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And between the four of us, we have 79 Cup Series wins. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a trivia question. Only one of us has not won at Bristol, but don't try to give the answer right away. We all have, well... All but one of us have at least one win at Bristol in the Cup Series. So you try to figure that part out. Uh, this is the third. There's fantasy this week. You might win at that. Oh, see, there you go. I might win Bristol Maybe. in the Fantasy League, <laughs> which, by the way, I did fairly well last week. Third one of these shows. Uh, we've got a couple left before Junior and Amy are going to have their baby. And congratulations yeah. on that, of course. Now, I believe uh, you saw this tweet, as large as a cantaloupe, maybe? Yeah, so, yeah, they got these apps where you can, uh, you know, for expecting dads that have no idea what's going on, they got these apps that'll tell you about everything you need to know and give you some of this information. And uh, when I was looking at this thing uh, many months ago, you know, it's kind of cool. She started now, this thing, are you talking about your baby, app. your child? The app. <laughs> okay. All right, the app. As I'm looking at the app, she starts out as this blueberry, and so it's all cool. But now when I look at that app and I see three weeks, it's freaking, I'm freaking out. It's here, <laughs> and I'm panicking, and we got everything well. ready. I got my bag packed. Uh, I got the car seat in the car. I mean, I'm ready for go time. We, we've all got your have back. you back. Have We're you been parents. practicing changing diapers? Uh, yeah, I've actually changed some diapers on, on my nieces, or nieces yeah. and nephews and so okay. forth. So I'm not afraid of all that. Um, okay. getting in you there. should be. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I know some of some of my friends like wouldn't change diapers or didn't want to oh, do it and do all that. that. You got to do that. I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. Uh, going to be hands on. Amy's going to need to rest up, get her energy back. But uh, those apps are great. You know. Uh. And, tell you everything. And now we know that it's the size of a cantaloupe right yeah, now. So this that's, week. That's good to know. They change it every week to okay. different fruit or vegetable. And mm. make it, now, do we have a pool yet as far as, <laughs> they make as the, the apps length, are very weight, 
all that? Do we, or date? Or Did we you really pool? just ask if we have a pool? <laughs> Don't I mean, they in there? They always do. <laughs> With this crowd, uh, you know there's some, there's some pools over All right, all right. Well, <laughs> if you have a question for Dale Jr. or any of us here at the Big Oak Table, send it to us on social media using the hashtag Wednesday. We've got some news to talk about. Why Chase Elliott's crew chief got suspended today. We'll get to that in a moment. But first... As reported yesterday, NASCAR is expected to announce a new aero package for next month's All-Star Race at Charlotte. The package is expected to be similar to the one that the Xfinity Series used last year at Indianapolis. And, and Junior, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, this is a change that NASCAR, the Charlotte Motor Speedway, making to try to make racing better on a mile and a half. Yeah, I want to say to NASCAR, you guys are getting warmer. They're getting warmer. <laughs> I mean, I think this is such a great direction to go to. And, and the All-Star Race is the perfect opportunity to see how it works on the cup level. Uh, I think we had pretty good success with it at Xfinity level last year at Indianapolis. Uh, this is going to be the most, I've, most excited I've been about an All-Star Race in a really long time. And I do not think that it can be worse than the current situation <laughs> that we have. Yeah. So as, if I'm a fan, which I am, I am extremely excited to see what's going to happen. So particulars, I mean, if and, and again, we don't know anything concrete yet, but they've mentioned uh, a restrictor plate. They've mentioned air ducts, uh, taking the air from the front of the car, kicking them out the side, a uh, bigger spoiler, uh, different uh, splitter, uh, going back to some different things. I mean, a lot of things taking place on the car to try to make it so that the guy behind can catch up and is not at a disadvantage when he loses the air off his car. Yeah, so unfortunately, the first thing people hear is restrictor plates. Yeah, and they exactly. do, oh, my God, yeah. you run a restrictor plate. And, you know, last time I ran restrictor plates, you know, one person led the whole race. It was boring as hell. It, it was no good. It was no good, Like right? And that's what that's what they that's the first thing that pops up. Yeah. But in this, it's, it's a package. And the package is, is about uh, making it so the guy that's in second or third or fourth doesn't only have a disadvantage. Right. Currently, when you go to Charlotte, if you're running second, the guy in front of you is taking the air off your car. You don't get any gain from having uh, less drag down the straightaway, so you're only hampered. So for you to pass that guy, you can't be a little better than him. you got to be a lot better than him. And so then you take that in an all-star format, and that's just not good. I mean, it's right. just the all-star race has gone from this fun, exciting, I mean... It was crazy going into those those all-star yeah. races as a driver. And as a fan, now that I watch it, I, I don't get excited about it anymore. Well, now I have a reason to be excited. Yeah. Now yeah. I have a reason to say, you know what? They can, they'll have a better chance of putting on a race. Yeah. And, and so it's, this is 100% the right thing to try. Now, it, it may not work perfect, yeah. but it's an all-star race, and an all-star race that hasn't been going well, so, so why not try something? The other, yeah. the, other, yeah. the other thing that I, I would like to say is, um, we've heard people talk about moving the all-star race, right. and that's, that's not a terrible idea, but that doesn't fix Charlotte. Right. You know, Charlotte's one of our key markets. It's an amazing racetrack with so much history. What do we, we, we move the all-star race, we still have an issue with this particular racetrack. Mm -hmm. right. It's a high-grip track. They, they repaved this track a long time ago, but it, that's been very durable asphalt, and it hasn't lost a lot of grip. And they run this all-star race at night, which also makes a very quick, fast racetrack and improves that bottom groove and makes passing more difficult. So this is a really needed change for Charlotte, just the track itself outside of the all-star event. Are yeah. you in favor? 
100% in favor. You know, last year when it was brought up that the Xfinity Series was going to go to Indy and they were going to put restrictor plates on them, I was like, oh, <laughs> seriously, just like what you said. Yeah. I was like, that can't work. That is not going to be good. Not knowing that any of the rest of the package was coming along with that. What we got was one of the best, the best Xfinity race that we've ever seen there by far. Right. Oh, uh, a absolutely. lot more passion. Lead changes, I think it was like 16 or something like that. Yeah. So, yes, I'm for this. We, had to, we needed to do something. I applaud NASCAR for taking this step. And the drivers aren't ever going to be happy whenever you take power away from them. But if they can get out and race, what we're losing is the side-by-side racing here because the cars are so fast. You know, as I said yesterday, you know, speed doesn't equal great racing. And that's what this sport was built on. That's how you rub doors and door handles, you know, that, that not they have handles. But that's <laughs> what the sport was built on, is this rubbing. And you can't do that because the cars are so fast. And if I were to ask each of the three of you, if I showed you footage on TV of a car going around a racetrack, I, and I said, how fast is that car going? You couldn't tell me. No, I didn't. You couldn't yeah, tell me if it was track. going 200 or if yeah. it was going 180. We're at the racetrack, and we'll, we'll watch the trucks, the Xfinity cars, and the Cup cars go out at the same time. And it's hard to tell. And on right. TV, you can't tell no. the difference. On TV, you, you cannot tell it. Right. You know, I, I, I will say this. Okay, I'm a traditionalist. I like the history of our sport. I think it's a beautiful thing to watch a guy go around a slick racetrack come off the throttle, hit that thing, get it in a perfect groove, go back to the throttle. You, you and I have experienced that. And so when we're watching that, we have appreciation for what's going on. Right. But if you've never driven a race car, you have zero idea what's going That's on right. in that race car. You have, all you see is cars going around. And if you don't see action, you're not going to watch it. Yeah. I watch a race that most people say is boring because I know what's going on in that mm-hmm. car. But and so do you, and so do you. But but you've never driven. Right. So do you. It's a boring race. We, well, it's not boring, but I don't I don't see the things well, you see. Well, some of the races are boring. Well, I mean, sometimes. let's be honest. Like we just talked about the RSR race. It's not been exciting. So so it's time to do something different. And and you said it about the pit guns. You, you said on Monday that you wish they would have done the pit guns at the Xfinity level right. and see what it worked. Yeah. Well, they just did this on the Xfinity level. They did it at Indy, and they expanded it. They're going to do it at more races this year. It worked. They had a theory. It worked. Why not take it to the cup level in an all-star race? It, this, is, this won't be perfect. There'll be things that need to be changed sure. from it, without a doubt. But this is the right way to try something. Well, Jeff, and you explained this to us uh, before the Indianapolis race. Show us again, kind of through the animation, as to what is changing on the car. And again, we're just speculating this is what's going to change. Yeah, so if if NASCAR is going to make the change and do what they did at Indy, the first thing that happens is the splitter changes. The splitter gets bigger, it gets longer. Uh, and then where the brake ducts are, these ducts go in. And those ducts are open, so the air goes into the front of the car, through those ducts, out in front of the front tires, and what that does is that creates a tremendous amount of weight. So the, the, the air goes out. It makes the car seem bigger to the car that's trailing it. Now the car has a pocket to run into of air. Then the spoiler, the current spoiler, that little bitty spoiler we've got, the air goes over the car, and it just goes over the spoiler. It doesn't create much turbulence. Well, with this spoiler, you get the wings put on it. You get a taller spoiler. And now the air goes over the car. It goes up in the air. So now you have the car going over, the air going over the car, going up in the air, the air going through the front of the car, going out. So now the guy in second can draft up to the guy that's leading. So instead of having 
only disadvantage, like we normally see, now you got some advantage. Now you can draft up. Why take power away? That's the next question. Why do you need to take power away? Because the faster you go around the corner, the harder it is to gain an advantage. So if the, guy, the easier, if you can almost run wide open through the corner and you're trailing me and, you, and I'm running wide open, you don't lose much. The more you have to lift, the more you lose to the car in front of you. So the better you can make these cars drive, the more chance that the guy can pull up. I don't like this formula at New Hampshire. I don't like this formula at Martinsville. I don't like this formula at Bristol. But on the mile and a half, this has some merit. It's worth trying. Absolutely. I think it's a good, it's a good courageous uh, opportunity, and I'm, I'm glad that NASCAR's going in this direction. I didn't believe that we'd ever see a day where we, found, where we had the industry thinking that we needed to really increase drag on the cars a big degree. I didn't think we'd ever have a movement with the, in the, within the industry where we were going to remove power. And this is not the final version. This is only cracking the door open and looking in the right areas. Yeah. Uh, what, what, if this works, which I believe, this direction could be a game changer for particularly the mile and a half racetracks. What I believe could happen down the road is we'll see other renditions of this. We'll eventually maybe get a smaller engine that's an open motor mm -hmm. with more throttle response. They can put the gear back in the cars, get the drivers to where they feel like they can drive the car off the corner. This could really lead NASCAR in a very, very critical direction that's going to improve the health of the sport over a really long period of time. I know that's a huge statement, but they, this, is in, this is really uh, impressive and, 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 cr and critical right now that they make these changes and do this at this cup level. I mean, we, we really all want to see the sport be as healthy as we possibly can see it. We all feel like that so the racing you know, can be improved. They're racing as good as they can, and the races are as exciting as they, they can have. be That's with right. what they have. Yeah. That's right. But we can make the racing even more exciting yeah. with these type of changes. How important is it then when they put a restrictor plate on these engines that they get that right as far as how much horsepower do you take away the, from these, these cars? The restrictor plate is just a temporary solution to see if power reduction is a good choice. It is not the final solution because you want an open engine with lots of response in the throttle. Right. That's what the drivers are going to want. That's what I would want. But maybe it's smaller cubic inches down the road. And that's been, there's been conversations in, in the series about that for a really long time. This is not a new idea. People across the industry have discussed, discussed how drag affects our cars and so forth and how power, right. you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion. Not all the drivers are going to agree with right. us. But I, I really love the fact that we're going to try this in real competition. This is a huge, gutsy move. I, yeah, you look at. I think you look at what we've seen before in the other series. I mean, well, the Camping World Truck Series at Vegas. We saw that's a that's another body that puts a big uh, as far as wake yeah. on the track, and, yeah. and we've had successes. Yeah. Well, we talk we talk aerodynamics all the time, but you look the the windshield of this of the trucks is much larger. It stood up a lot more, so the air goes over that that back part of the 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 trucks and makes for a bigger weight. That's why they draft so much. That was an exciting race. I wouldn't want to be in it, but I, I loved to watch it. It was great, great fun. And they were so skilled at everything they were doing, but you could see exactly how that works. And so without, you know, we can't just totally change the, the cup cars and everything and, and the way that they look and 
and stand the windshields up as much as that. That's the way the trucks right. are, and that's why they, they do such a good job, but it gives you a direction and understanding. That's what we have to have. The old cars used to be so boxy and everything. The front end was so boxy. It made this huge hole in the air, and it didn't just come back around the back of the car, as Jeff was pointing out. You know, so it, it allowed that to happen when my dad and Junior Johnson and all of them were, and Richard Petty, when they were doing the drafting and the great slingshots that we saw at Daytona and stuff. You know, that's where it came from is because it made such a huge hole in the in the air. You know, they weren't going nearly as fast as what right. we eventually got to down there. So uh, you're, you're right. The speed is, you know, part of the, the solution and slowing them down to where all of this can work as a total package. So so someone's going to someone's gonna remember that restricted plates and big spoilers were put on the cup cars a few years ago with not success. Right. Okay. Here was the failures in doing that. They didn't take enough power away. And they didn't find a way to create drag in other ways other than just putting a spoiler on it. So, so they did do that, and they, they learned something. It didn't work very well. It didn't make the racing any better. A lot of people said it made it worse. It didn't make it worse. It just didn't make it better. Right. So when you expect them to tune in, you see something better, and it's not, it, you think it's worse, it wasn't worse. But this will be another step of power out, and this will be another step of getting more turbulence and more of a bubble for that trailing car to run into. So... Uh, it's a process. It's a learning process, and the drivers are gonna the drivers are gonna complain. They're yes. gonna say, you know, and I don't listen. I probably would too, but if the drivers went in the grandstands and watched the All Star race, they would not like what they see. And it's hard when you're a driver to take yourself out of selfish driver mode. It's very hard to do. The only thing you care about is I want to win this race. I want to do it. I want to do it in what. They all think they're better than the rest, so they want the cars to drive bad because they yeah. think that's going to be an advantage to them. But there's always this there's always this push and pull, and it always has been between what drivers want, what NASCAR want, and what the fans want. Mm -hmm. This is this is worth trying because we 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 with what we have, I don't care how many format changes. The reason we keep changing formats is because the racing's not good. That's yeah. why the yeah. formats at Charlotte for the All Star Race keep changing. That's why we talk about moving the races, because the racing's not been good. Something's got to change. And with what they learned at Indy, this is, this is certainly the right thing to do at this one, time. Yeah, I know one thing. Before today, before the rumblings that we've seen on social media, the All-Star race didn't move the needle for me. And I'm as excited about it as I've been in a long time, and I can't wait to see how this works out. I think it's going to be a much more interesting race. And I wouldn't really get – I wouldn't assume that – all the drivers are against it. We we don't know. This could have been a big push behind. Yeah. Uh, this could have been yeah. pushed by the council. Yeah, driver council. We don't know. I mean, I'm sure there were some drivers that probably were in favor of it. I know a lot of drivers are really tech savvy and under, and they also feel strongly about low drag, high or high drag, low down force stuff like that. Uh, it's just getting that combination right. And these, like I say, this is just a version, early version to see if this is the right direction. Uh, there's. There's a certainly a yeah, bunch a of there's a bunch of refinement to do to this package once they decide, hey, because this is a this will be a huge change for the industry if this is something they want to do at more races. Yeah. yeah. So yes. and more than likely, it's probably not going to change who is going to win this race. It just might be a lot more entertaining <laughs> because the best are going to still be at the front right. racing for this. They just might have to go about it in a different way. And remember, it's the All Star Race, and it's a maybe a test session with. A lot of cars out on the racetrack racing. We have a lot of mile-and-a-half racetracks during the entire season. So if this works out, who knows? Yeah. You might see something like this at Kansas, or you might see it at Texas. I you promise might... if you fix Charlotte, you fix them all. Yes. Yeah.
Yeah. Homestead yeah. finishes the season. Remember that, <laughs> Miami Homestead. And there's five mile-and-a-halves in the uh, end and the playoffs, so it could be a big change. But I never thought to be a part of a million-dollar test session, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it'd be. Well, let's take a look at what we have coming up on today's show. We'll break down today's penalties for Chase Elliott and the 19 and how they'll have to overcome them over the next couple weeks. The three drivers here with me have all won at Bristol Motor Speedway. I just gave away my trivia question. They'll discuss why the world's fastest half-mile is such a challenge. And we'll also have another game of Name That Dale, which isn't quite as challenging, but it's always fun. We'll also be taking your fan questions throughout the show, so send them using the hashtag Wednesdale. Much more to come on this Wednesday with Dale Jr. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Coming up after NASCAR America, NHL Live gets you ready for opening night of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Look at Jeremy Roenick. Well, he went to Las Vegas to train with Cirque du Soleil in honor of the Vegas Golden Knights who are playing in the franchise's first playoff game. And I don't know. I don't know if this is actually training or is it is that wrestling? What happened to Cirque du Soleil here? I don't know. I'm just thinking about Jeremy Roenick in Vegas. How many things could go wrong there? But Well, it looked like you had fun. Golden Knights face LA Kings at 10 Eastern. Part of the coverage tonight on NBCSN and CNBC. It all starts at 6 Eastern with NHL Live, where you can see more of JR's escapades with Cirque de Soleil. Well, for the second time this season, Chase Elliott and the night team have been hit with a level one penalty from NASCAR. Elliott's car from Texas was found to have a rear window support violation at NASCAR's R&D Center. As a result, Crew Chief Alan Gustafson has been suspended for the next two races. Both Elliott and the team have also been docked 20 points. Okay, so this is the second L1 penalty, and now Chase, for the next two races, is going to be without his crew chief. Yeah, it's a tough situation for Chase, especially considering where he is in the points. Um, and this knocks him to 18th. Now yeah, I mean, this. this is a those. I mean, it, they might not think about it this early in the season or at this particular point in the season, but those points are going to be important right. when we get down to uh, the cutoff for the chase. Considering how the Chevy teams have been performing at this point, I'd be just a little bit concerned losing that many points, having that many L1 right. penalties. Um, I, I, you know, the the bigger thing is that we're seeing this for the second time, you know, almost the exact same thing that we saw with the four car. So it's interesting to me that that we saw it because you'd think that a lot of the teams would sort of back off of that area for a while before. You know, you see teams do that. Uh, somebody gets busted because everyone in the garage is working in the same area. Somebody gets busted, everybody chills out a little bit, and then when nobody, you know, when NASCAR kind of calms down, a few months go by, everybody starts working in that area again. And I'm just really surprised that uh, we see another team get popped with this exact same similar violation. Well, and I saw... Uh a message from Rodney Childers who said, I knew that with the speeds and the downforce at Texas, because of high speeds, I was going to beef up that brace a little bit more so that we didn't have this issue again. But obviously you look at something like that and you say, oh, okay, yeah. sure. You know, well, you I mean, they went pretty fast at California too. Right. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I listen, 
if they don't, the, the roof doesn't collapse like that at Daytona because it's just a disadvantage to do it. <laughs> right. And, yeah, I mean, listen, we're, we're, you know, everybody's working really hard in all areas, and I think sometimes you, it's easy to work in an area that can get away from you. I mean, there's photographers all over the racetrack. Teams are sharing. You, you get more photos than you know what to do with. When it's that obvious, your, your competition is going to know about it. So I have to believe that the teams are working in that area, and it just went further than they were expected to go. Right. Because, you know, again, if you, you, the, the roof's not going to move at Daytona because you don't want it to. And, and, and uh, it moves here because it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say that they're, they're it, I don't believe for a minute they expected it to move that much. Because you're going to get busted. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're going to get busted. Right. So, uh, but teams, as you said, teams work and maybe maybe a little too hard. And they hard. know where it makes the biggest difference, as you were just pointing out. And I would have to think that right now the Chevrolet teams are probably a little frustrated because all the buildup was how great this car was going to be. But we know it takes time to develop this. You can do everything you want in the wind tunnels and everywhere else, but do you get this in racing competition, you don't know exactly how they're going to react. And, you know, they, they haven't. Uh, been very good uh, in comparison to the Fords and the Toyotas. So I think that they probably just said we got to work a little harder in that area because that's the area that makes the most difference that we can work in, uh, and hopefully it will withstand that. But 500-mile race there, a lot of things happen to the cars and braces and things that – Things that you think are going to hold up. Hendrick said that they will have Kenny Francis be the crew chief for the next two races. Well, Chase Elliott, he lost 20 points, but if you had him on your NASCAR America Fantasy League team like I did, you're not affected. They don't take points away. It's one race down, nine to go in our NASCAR America Fantasy League, which now has almost 3,400 members. So if you haven't done so already, you can still join our, our league. We'll consider it, you know, fashionably late. Just register at NASCAR.com slash Sports fantasy now here's a look at the standings through one week for our nascar nbc broadcasters don't you don't have to direct your attention to the top of the list or anything like that it's fine for more nascar fantasy live advice and around the clock news and analysis go to rotoworld.com slash nascar that wasn't on my sheet. Was that on y'all's that sheet that we got on the rundown? Rick just made this up. Well, guys, once again, the Stanley Cup playoffs begin tonight with three games, NBCSN. They're going to have the Flyers-Penguins, followed by Kings-Golden Knights. CNBC will have Wild versus Jets at 7 Eastern. Coverage starts here on NBCSN at 6 Eastern with NHL Live. And all of us here at NASCAR America were shocked and saddened by the events in Canada involving the Humboldt Broncos junior hockey team. Last Friday, the team's bus was involved in an accident with another vehicle while traveling to a game. 15 of the 29 people on board lost their lives. Today, we join the hockey community in putting our sticks out to honor all of those affected by this tragedy. The Extreme Ice Center in Indian Trail, North Carolina, is owned by the Logano family. They, too, have joined this special tribute to those lost on Friday. Manchester City looking to take one step closer to winning the Premier League title when they travel to Wembley to take on Harry Kane and Tottenham. That's the Spurs. And that's Saturday, 2.45 Eastern on NBCSN. He started 30th, has worked his way into being the dominant car here tonight at Bristol. Flash bulbs going off as Dale Earnhardt Jr. has performed beautifully. Good job, Harry. Hell yeah, hell yeah. 
wins tonight at Bristol Motor Speedway. Man, this is one of the biggest wins in my career. Why is that? It's Bristol, baby. It's Bristol, yeah. baby. Yeah. Now, last week, uh, they talked a lot about the Texas, your first win. Uh, I noticed that you had short hair and highlights. Mm -hmm. This one, yeah. long hair. You had transitioned into the long hair yeah, days. Yeah, this is 2004. That was right after the famous Corvette fire. So oh, I was, right. yeah, I was, uh, and what was great about that weekend is we had the same set of shocks on the Xfinity car and the Cup car and won both races. So uh, I knew those, uh, the shocks on that car, whatever it was, was about them things. They were rockets. And when we put them on the Xfinity car, it came to life. And we were able to sweep the weekend, which meant a lot to me. Winning at Bristol was um, something that I was wanting so badly because Dad, that was, that track seemed, that's like the Dale Earnhardt of racetracks, man. That, oh, yeah. That place is rough, beat and bang. He appreciated it for how challenging it was right. and, and how hard it is to, you know, you can run fast there, man, but finishing a race and putting one together and winning right. is hard to do uh, in any short track. And Bristol's sort of the, the, the short track of short tracks. But I wanted to win there so bad. I grew up in a house with a bunch of trophies from there, <laughs> very tall. And I'm glad by the time I came around and got my win, they hadn't changed the trophy one bit. Yeah. So same trophy that Dad won his first race with in 1979, pretty much similar trophy that I got in 2004, which is, I think is really cool. Um, just a really, really fun racetrack. When I was a little boy, going to the night Bristol race was probably the most uh, amped up I was as a and kid. And the hardest ticket in sports. It was. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was, it, for a NASCAR fan, that was the hardest ticket to get. Yeah. And, and to me still, I try my hardest to, to, to tell people how important the Daytona 500 is. But if I'm sending somebody to a race that's never been to one, I'm going to send them to the night race at Bristol because I know that's going to hook them. Yeah. I know that's going to be all it takes to make a NASCAR fan out of them. And it's a special racetrack with a special kind of energy. There's not another one. There's not another one like it in the country, which blows my mind that nobody's ever tried to replicate what they've been doing there for so long. Uh, you'd think that after, you know, after the success that they had in the 80s and 90s that we'd, we'd have another track like that similar to it, but we don't. So I really appreciate it for what it is, and um, hopefully we're going to have a great race this weekend. So you've won at Bristol, you've won at Bristol, and you've won at Bristol. I just gave the answer. I have you never didn't? won at Bristol. Mm. There's three of us that have won. You never tried, there. so <laughs> yeah, you may could have if you would have tried. It, it was the win not, the greatest experience <laughs> at Bristol, or is there a different experience that you remember that you think about when you, we go to Bristol? So, so selfishly, probably winning there. But you know, when I think of Bristol, I, I I think of all the things that Bristol means, and it's it's that Saturday night race. It's it's rubbing it's banging it's yeah. you know people throwing stuff at each other it's you know I, I i try to explain to people that saturday night race the pre-race energy is oh gosh crazy yeah and and those parachuters coming down and the kids singing yes. a national anthem and the uh, lee greenwood with the you know i mean it, oh, it's yeah. just awesome and that that there's just I, even the daytona 500 the southern 500 that pre-race energy at bristol i don't think any anything can match that yeah it, it's just i mean it's not quite as physical a race now, I think, because of the way the track has, has changed. But, I mean, you were, you were beat, but you went in with such anticipation of a great night, and mm -hmm. all you want to do is win. 160,000 people at this half-mile racetrack. I mean, that's motivation in itself. And so it was great that I, the night that I was able to put it all together in 97, uh, you know, 
I'd already won the Daytona 500 a couple of times, but I thought, this, this is something that rivals that. You know, this yeah. is just great. I, I, I had tickets for this race for my father-in-law and other people that wanted to go to that because you couldn't get them unless you bought them. And so we had tickets for the longest time. And I'm going to say something about your dad. You were talking about how he loved that place. I think that a lot of he, – it was perfect for him. Yeah. But it was also perfect, too, in that he could – Hit because he, he hit us everywhere that we went if he needed to. <laughs> but at Bristol, he could blame it on the track. Right. And he would have you believe in that before it was over, that it was the track's fault. He didn't mean to do it. But he was just so good. That great to race with him and, and Daryl and, and, and Rusty and those guys trying to beat them. It's just unbelievable. Every that is time. funny you said that because at Bristol and the road courses – the drivers wreck each other. They do. Oh, it's Bristol. Yeah. Oh, it's a road course. <laughs> and everyone else is like, "You wrecked me, man!" And they <laughs> For some reason, every time when we start talking about Bristol, it just pops into my head when your dad moved Terry oh, Labonte. Yeah. I just want Rally's cage. <laughs> well, guess what? That was a. You know, was, I really didn't mind him when he'd run over people, but that was a tough one because Terry was such a good guy. You know, it was, it was usually yep. he was spinning out the guys that I didn't like, uh, but. But in that case, he was wrecking one of the good guys. Uh, I, <laughs> it, you know, Bristol is going to be, we could sit here and watch a montage of guys wrecking each other over and over and, and you know, fill up a half hour with Bristol highlights. Yes. Um, it always sort of delivers some of that type of racing. And um, I remember going there and even we talked about this, uh, me and Jeff talked about this earlier today, but I remember going there the first time, any this never happened at any other racetrack that I'd go to, but the first time I went to Bristol, it took me about 40 laps for me to be able to process what I was seeing because it was happening so fast. I couldn't, I would, I'm thinking about what I just did in one corner and I'm already in the next. And yeah. there's, no, there's no time to sort of process what's happening. Yeah. And it takes just so much more time and so many more laps to get yourself acclimated for it. I guess it'd be like, you know, going to a different um, different, uh, different height in the atmosphere and sort of your body adjusting to it. Mm-hmm. Sort of the same thing, or the, or the depths of the ocean, you know. It's right. kind of the same way when you go to Bristol. It takes a while for your mind to catch up to what you're seeing. And that was the same way the first time I went and every time after that. It's just that there's no track that's that fast that everything's yeah. happened so quickly. Yeah. You travel a half a mile in 15 seconds. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you got you got turns it's on either side. It's a busy half mile too, you know. So so you mentioned your dad and, you know, ruffling feathers. So do you think that maybe any of that kind of uh, came down to you a little bit as far as ruffling feathers because I think at one point in time somebody didn't yeah. feel too happy about maybe the way you raced them. I got some really good words for him, but I can't say it on TV, but <laughs> I gotta just control myself right at the moment. You sent a nice message though with the throw. I wish I had something like a shot through the window. <laughs> <laughs> and that, by the way, is the pride of the Burton family. That is Ward Burton, Jeff's yep. brother. But uh, that was great. Way, That's that classic was, television. That was, and that was, to be clear, that was controlling himself. How <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. What, saying, what'd you do to him there? I was, I was under him a little bit. I think I, I didn't hit him square in the back. I kind of caught his quarter panel. I thought I had enough position on him, but he, he, he didn't think six, six inches was enough. I was just barely there. Uh, but uh, and they would still, to be clear. 
20 years from now, if you put them in a room and they'd be arguing about the oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, it, it, it won't, oh, yeah. They won't change their minds. That's how we all are. Yeah, and it happens so quickly there. I mean, that's what's so different about that racetrack is it's the driver in front trying to hold that position yeah. and the driver behind trying to take that position. You've only got a split second. We talk about split second decisions all the time, but you have to, you, if, if you're going to try to make that pass, you have to commit. It's not like you can. Stop all of a sudden, yeah. you know, and not. And, and if this guy decides he's going to try to chop you off, you know, then things are going to happen. And we've all been on both ends of those. And it's not, it's, it's great whenever you're able to go on. It's not so much fun when you're the crashed one. But that happened, <laughs> right? That happened because they were racing for the bottom. Yeah. That's right. Right? They both wanted the bottom because you had to have had it. To have if it. you weren't on the bottom, and that's, that's why I think at Bristol, I'm a huge fan of. PJ1, VHT, stuff. Sticky, sticky Stuff, whatever stuff. you call it. I'm a huge fan of getting that bottom groove back where it needs to be. Because yeah. that's what made Bristol awesome. And and that's why I don't think they should put that stuff on every racetrack. But at Bristol, Works there. get yeah. that bottom working because it creates those incidents. Yeah, before this track was reconfigured, there was a, a bit of a strip on the bottom of the racetrack that was about a foot wide. And you can see it here in this photo. Right where those left side tires are, that's up on the banking. You can see that little black painted strip right next to the apron. And it was a sealer of some sort or some sort of a, a substance that did give the left front tire and the left rear tire a little bit extra grip. But you just had to be very deliberate to stay on it. You had, mm -hmm. to, you had to really try to work hard not to overdrive the corner and get off of that. And if you were dedicated to that, which that's how I actually used it, I used it all night long when I won in 2004 because my car hooked that thing and went right around the corner better than it had, ever had there. Uh, we in the driver's council were talking to NASCAR about that uh, application to the racetrack that was gone once they reconfigured the track. They didn't, that it was not there anymore. And we said, well, there's one way to maybe get the cars back to the bottom was being able to maybe apply something to the track in that area. So that's what they've been doing the last couple of years. And yeah. we saw some stuff today on social media where they're applying that again for this upcoming race. And a lot of drivers like it because it brings the bottom back into play. A lot of guys like Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson aren't real big fans of it because he, <laughs> he loves that high groove, yeah. you know. But it, I think it, it, what, what I enjoy about it is it changes. It's not consistent. So the bottom is there sometimes, mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's not. Yep. Yeah. And uh, depending on temperature, track temperature and so forth, and the heat in the track and the heat in the tires, it, it's not always the place to be. So it's yeah. kind of, it, it plays tricks on the drivers, and, it, and, and a real smart driver is going to be able to keep up with the track where someone else that doesn't move around a lot looking for grip is going to have a hard time. We know that Bristol is the place to be for this weekend, and that's where maybe the sticky stuff was actually invented. And we also know that if you get underneath the guy a little bit, you can move him out of that, that groove, and sometimes they throw things at you. That's what <laughs> happens at Bristol. Well, good conversation, and after today's show, Nate Ryan's going to grab a couple of us for NASCAR America post-show podcast as we go further into the topics we're covering it tonight. That's available on Apple Podcasts in the NASCAR America feed. When Wednesdays with Dale Jr. continues, it's the return of everybody's favorite game, Name That Dale. We'll see if Junior or DJ can pass this quiz when we come back. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Sr., and Dale Jarrett right there in that picture. It's now time for the game show that's been sweeping the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, Fame That Dale. All right, we're going to ask Jeff Burton questions uh, where the answer is either Dale Jr., Dale Sr., or Dale Jarrett. Are, Are you ready? Are they in the soundproof booth? They sure. are going to let you know if you're right. Yeah, we're not listening. All okay. right, so the first question. Which Dale has the same amount of wins and runner-up finishes in the Cup Series in his career? Ooh, that's a, that, I'm going to go with uh, Jared. Is he right? Oh. Yes, I, he is. You're like, I didn't know that. I wonder if I, I, I don't have any second-place finishes. I heard that. Did you? All right. No, I had no yeah. idea. Question. That was 32, by the way. Yeah, that's a good 32. Uh, which Dale won more races in the Xfinity Series? Earnhardt. Well, you, you got to be a little One, more. You got two. You got Earnhardt or Earnhardt Jr. Oh, it's not I got just three. These two. Oh, yes. Junior. Oh, there's three Dale Jr. Junior. Yeah, junior. three Dale. Oh, I thought it was You're junior. all three in this thing. And you're right, by the way. Right. Ding, ding, 24. What? Uh, which Dale appeared in the Brooks and Dunn music video, Honky Tonk Truth? That would be Senior. Oh, now he's like, I'm gonna, yeah. I'll be particular. I'll easy. say senior. Yeah. <laughs> All right, which, which Dale? Well, you said I had to differentiate well, between did, the three. I'm glad so you did what it did I do one. wrong? Which Dale shares shares a birthday with Pro Football Hall of Famer Brett Favre? Oh, I, I, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Junior. Dang. Wow. That's a tough one there. That's pretty good. Wow, October 10th, by the way, if anybody wants to send well, presents. Just, just so you know, I saw you nodding your head. So <laughs> All right. I took, but that I wasn't took a shot. affirmative. I took a shot. <laughs> All right, now I want you to look at this. Look at We're going to put a picture up here. Which Dale owns this mustache? Oh, oh that's easy. That's that's my man right here. That's DJ? That's DJ. That's All right, Dale Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> that's easy. Now, look if you had shown me the mullet, I would have had to have it. That would have been a difficult choice. But you showed me the mustache. It all, all had the same mullet one time. <laughs> Five for five. Five for five. Nice shot. Pretty good. Well, the, oh, I'm sorry. Are we supposed to? We're not well, supposed to well, fist bump, are we? He, 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 so I if I, he when I went hair. to school, I would have wanted him as a classmate because he, he, he almost is doing. I like to help people. <laughs> <laughs> I like to help people. He was going <laughs> on, hey. on, on the age. On the if birthday. I feel good about my answers, <laughs> you can have them. All right. Who knows what quiz we'll play next when Clint Boyer joins us oh, for no. Wednesdays with Dale oh, Jr. No. in studio. That's next Wednesday at a special time of 5:30. Eastern. Up next, we'll see what's trending in our social pit stop, including a meeting between 8500 champ Kumasato and another Japanese sensation. Wednesdays with Dale Jr. continues after this. James Hinchcliffe looks to stay king of the beach in America's longest running street race, the Bryson IndyCar Series Grand Prix of Long Beach. That's Sunday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on NBC SN. Time now for our social pit stop. Earlier this month, Indy 500 champ Takuma Sato was in Long Beach to promote this weekend's race. He threw out the first pitch at an Angels game and even met their rookie sensation, Shohei Otani. Now, today is National Pet Day, and Joey Logano spending the day training with military dogs. It's part of his visit with troops stationed at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. All right, we appreciate the questions you've sent to us throughout today's show with the hashtag Wednesdale. We'll ask Dale Jr. some of those when we come back.
All right. We have looked at all the questions that have been sent in with the hashtag Wednesdale, and we've narrowed it down. I've got a couple questions. We're going to start off with the first one from Roger Wolf 88 It says, do you believe Dale Sr. would be on Twitter or social media? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I remember, um, I remember when this, the, this, the race, this racing game came out a long time ago. Uh, on Papyrus was the company, but it was NASCAR racing came out a long time ago. This might be a little, run a little long, but... Well, we got was, a little bit of time. I was too young to... I didn't have any credit, so I couldn't buy this computer to play this game. And so I had my sister go to the, go to the Best Buy with me and put it on her card, put it on her credit. Um, Dad found out about it. He was mad. He didn't believe in... He didn't think computers were... You know, he thought they were a waste of time. Computers were a waste <laughs> of time. So I know uh, that he would not be into social media at all. No Twitter, no social no. media. Mm. He all right. This question for everyone... Do you think the All-Star Race should be a weekend event with extra activities like the Pro Bowl, like Major League Baseball? Uh, sure. Yeah. I think NBA. I was talking about this earlier today on social media. I remember the Unical Pit Stop Challenge mm-hmm. that they used to have at Rockingham Speedway. And basically, all the challenge is, is any teams that want to participate would come down pit road with the actual race car driver in the car. they cross the imaginary line, start a clock, pull in, do a four-tire stop, pull away and cross the line, and the clock's over. Uh, they would get every team an opportunity to do this one time, and the team that was the fastest was the champions. I think that'd be something that they could include in the race weekend during, uh, you know, after qualifying or something right. like that. I don't, I didn't enjoy, I'm sure the fans may have a different opinion of this, <laughs> but I did not enjoy um, the, the big production that went on in the arenas. Right. Uh, but maybe you know that that was just me personally. I'm not not a big fan of that. I did like it at the racetrack in that in that heated That's environment right. on pit yeah. road where yeah. they where they do their deal. You know, right. Um, so I think that they can include things like that. You guys add make it a full weekend. Yeah, I think different so. things. Yeah, make it. Yeah, I, I think the the better experience that you have in, in doing that. Yeah, I like that idea. I think every racetrack should have a fair atmosphere around it. Ferris wheels, rides, it's all kinds event. of things, yeah. concerts. Right. Okay. Uh, next one. How did the race car graveyard get started? And you got about 10 seconds. I got two. I got, I did not, I could not throw away the cars that we were wrecking at Junior Motorsports. I couldn't, it couldn't bring <laughs> myself to throw away that car, even though it wouldn't be fixed. So we started with our own cars and we started they getting other people's cars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Check out the NASCAR America post show podcast with Nate Ryan. We're back tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Really, Stanley Cup coming up next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.